There's a word from the Lord as we continue this series that God has given us. The theme for the year 2020 is perfect vision, seeing as God sees. This is the first of three or four different series that God has given us for this year. And the series is entitled Seeing Ourselves as God Sees Us. This is what started out as the fifth of seven messages. God has extended the series. and You will see that later and added more messages. But this is the fifth message. And it is found in the book of Romans chapter number eight. Verses 35 to 39. And I want you as we go through this to appreciate the power of the word. May I say something? We are living in an age, how should I say this, where people supplement the word with all kinds of tinkling, symboling, flashing, theatrics. And look, I appreciate theatrics. There's a place. But at the end of the day, Pastor Bradley, what gets you through is the unadulterated word of God. Can I say something to all of our phenomenal young adults in here? Don't get carried away with theatrics because none of that stuff gets you through. When your back is against the wall and you're about to lose your mind, you don't tell your mama to order some flashing lights. But you better reach back and have some words somewhere in you that resonates, amen. And so I thank God for those who hunger and thirst for the word. Give yourselves a hand. Look at all of you that are in here. Put the camera on the audience. Put all of those that are in here. Thank you. Thank you, amen. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 35. Concluding at verse 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, <laughs> for your sake, Christ, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And all those who love God's word said amen. Amen, amen, 
Amen. Reach over and catch someone by the hand. I know it's flu season, but by his stripes. I just, I just, this one I need you to touch and agree. Hold those hands, squeeze those hands, encourage someone with these words. Look at them and says, more than conquerors. Now hold those hands again and look at somebody and say, you are more than what you think you are. Amen. Somebody, y'all clap those hands and sit down. More than conquerors. Seeing ourselves as God sees us. As we continue this series God has given us for this perfect vision year of 2020, what God said to me in preparation for this message is that perhaps one of our most serious challenges as people of faith, as faith walkers, as believers, is to stop seeing ourselves as victims. I need you to hear me. On this second Sunday in February, God says, no longer shall you view yourself as a victim. Stop seeing ourselves as someone who always struggles just to make it. But pastor, I do, but see yourself coming out. Stop seeing ourselves as someone who is incapable of overcoming obstacles that constantly come up in our lives. Because they will, and they always will. There is no such thing as a pure prosperity gospel. The gospel just does not promise you prosperity. The Bible says a man born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Now it is important for us to understand that as believers, as people of faith, that God Listen to this. God not only sees us as we go through our hardships, uh, because others can see that. And that is all God did was to see you as you went through. And that does not separate God from anyone else in your life. Most people see you as you go through. But here's where it is different. God sees us as we are not just coming out, but as we have come out. Look at somebody and say, God see you already out. God sees you already made it. You're not just overcoming, but God sees you as someone who has overcome. I'm preaching to someone. Uh, we are in God's Eyesight. And here's one of the things that I'm dealing with now as a future message 
God said to me, Deacon Stokes, he says, you need to, at some point in 2020, be able to distinguish to the congregation the difference between perception, perspective, and vision. He said, because those are three words that sound similar, but they are different. Uh, perception is usually how you see something. Perspective is how you view something. But vision is what you see. Pastor Lawson told us that in a great illustration with the blueprints. Amen. Vision is not perception. Vision is I see it. <laughs> Tell somebody I see it. I see myself blessed. I see myself highly favored. I, I see myself already out of the situation that I've been in. And what God said is to, is to let the congregation know, let the audience know, internet audience, radio audience, that we are not victims of our circumstances. I don't care what others may say or how it looks. We are not always victims of our situations. We all have circumstances. We all have situations. But we are, listen to this, we are greater than what we're going through. There's a powerful line in the play The Lion King in which the father says to his son Symbol, you are more than what you have become. In other words, you are greater than what you have allowed yourself to become. You are a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. Listen to how some of the references in the Bible puts it. Moses says this to the children of Israel on the front side of the Jordan River. This is so important because oftentimes we read scriptures and this is where study to show yourself approval helps you a lot. Because uh, geography matters in this situation. Because on the front side of the Jordan River, they were still in the wilderness. On the front side of the Jordan River, they had not overcome, they had not uh, possessed anything on the opposite side of the Jordan River was the promised land. But on the front side was the wilderness. Somebody caught it. Perhaps you will appreciate this more when I read this text that is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 13. Somebody say the front side, the front side. God speaks to Moses and says, says say to the children of Israel that you are the head and not the tail. Now that's one thing to say when you've already possessed the land. But when you own nothing and you've been wandering 40 years and you've been eating daily food but nothing to store for future times. When somebody says to you that you are on top and you don't own anything, it takes faith to rejoice over a prophetic word. So Moses writes, says to the children of Israel, under the anointing of God, tell them that you are the head and not the tail. You shall be above only 
and not beneath. Look at this word. Before you cross over the Jordan, before you possess land that you did not build, inherit vineyards that you did not plant, I want to tell you who you are. So in other words, God says, you're not who you are because of the things you possess. You are who you are because what God has promised you. Did you catch it? Look at somebody and say, did you catch it? Why is that important? Because if we are who we are uh, by the amount of our possessions or the magnitude of what we own, then some folk could be greater than others because they own more stuff than others. But how many of you know that you are great because God has made you a promise that goes beyond what you are going to receive? Look at your neighbor and say, I am somebody. And tell him you are also. Paul understood this before we get to the text in Romans. Paul understood this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 8. And nine. And I said to the congregation this morning, if there's any reference of scripture, perhaps we as believers ought to highlight in our Bible. And now through technology, you can color code a verse. You can, you can just push the button and it becomes yellow, green, or blue, or whatever you want it to be. But, but, but this ought to be a passage that you ought to highlight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 8, listen to what Paul says. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet somebody say, not crush. Now you got to say it like it mean it. Y'all kind of weak this morning. Don't say, not crush. Say it that the enemy feels like you mean what I say. We are perplexed, but somebody shout, not in despair. We are persecuted. Somebody said not forsaken. We are struck down, not destroyed. In other words, I know what you're going through, but I know who you are. Is there anybody in here know that you are not what you are going through? That you are greater, that I have not been destroyed, forsaken, I am not in despair, I have not been crushed, I am somebody because God said I am somebody. That deserves some kind of praise you ought to put on. Whatever kind of praise you think God deserves, put a praise on that. Not destroyed. Somebody help me say not destroyed. Help me say not forsaken. Not in despair. Not crushed. Note he says, although you go through stuff, these things will not be the end of your story. Ooh, the end of your story is that God is going to make a way out of no way this is so important why is it so important because in life we all will experience our share of trials and tribulations however it is important that we understand that from God's perspective how God sees it we are not defined by what we go through in fact let me leave you something and you've heard me say this again and again 
we are refined, yeah. not defined by what we go through. Let that sink in for a minute. Let me help you understand what I'm talking about. Being defined is that you are what you go through. And if you go through trouble, then you are in trouble. But refined means whatever you go through, it helps you become better, stronger, more joy, greater patience. Who, who am I preaching? I just, somebody ought to testify. Just, just somebody throw your hands up and say, I'm better. I am better. I, I did not want that to happen to me. But sometimes the best thing that could happen to you is trouble. Some, some demons you ought to send a thank you note and a card and go buy them a gift card and it says, just thinking of you. If, if it had not been for you, I, 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 anybody know what I'm talking Anybody know that you're stronger, better, more joy? Uh, you, you are where you are now because trouble did not destroy you but elevated you. Just wave at somebody and say, that's my testimony. If you knew my story, you would understand. Well, let me help you put a scripture on that. Let me help you put this in some theological, biblical context. Psalms 119 and verse 71, David understood that he has been, he was refined, not defined by his troubles and you can only write this if you've gone through anything how many of you have gone through something if you've gone so David writes in Psalms 119 and verse 71 it is good for me that I have been afflicted oh good wait a minute David it is good for me that you dog me out it was good for me that you tried to destroy me because it taught me to learn the statutes of the Lord. Some of you would not have the prayer life you have today if demons had not penetrated your comfort zone. Preach, Pastor Jackson. Some of you would not know the scripture you know now if folk hadn't driven you to your knees and you had to lean on the word, not on your friends. Can I get a witness? What others meant for evil, God meant it for your good. Somebody just shout a but God praise. It was good for me. <laughs> that I was afflicted. I learned something, Mother Jackson. I learned something. When I was going through that personal emotional crisis, I learned. So you know what God did? Not only did God bless me, God allowed me now to empathize with other folk who go. So I don't just so flip it, tell people, oh, gotta make a way. No, I know what you're going through because I've had some family issues of my own. I've had some issues in my own personal life when I didn't know that I could make it. But it helped me to learn more of God. I never would have known God was a way maker if he had never made a way for me. I never would have known, Mother Williams, that God was a heart fixer if I had not had my heart broken. 
Somebody ought to give God your best praise for your most difficult time. Throw your hands up and say, now I know. This I know. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. What the enemy meant for evil. Nothing can bless you like trouble. <laughs> Nothing can turn your life around like trouble. Trouble forces you out of your comfort zone. Somebody ought to tell the Lord thank you. Somebody ought to tell the Lord thank you. This would be a good time to put a 10-second jump on your feet. Shabbat, God, from the depths of your belly. Praise so loud that that folk all over can hear Look at somebody and say, I needed that. I didn't know it at the time, but I needed, I needed that. Ooh, I've got to preach this. I feel something up in here. Thank God for trouble. Thank God for demons. Thank God for naysayers. Ooh, thank God for folk who gave up on you. It forced you to solidify your relationship with God. Too often you had been leaning on other folk. If Joseph had not lost the confidence of his brothers, perhaps he would have thought his family was enough to get by. But not until you lose everybody around you do you learn how to praise God in a pit, thank God in a dungeon, and watch God turn your situation around. Look at somebody and say, get ready for transformation. more than this look at the text I've got to get into the text what an awesome powerful chapter Romans chapter 8 perhaps the most iconic chapter in all of the epistles written by the apostle Paul Romans chapter 8 according to one of my Professors in seminary, the late Dr. Larkin, stands above perhaps any other one chapter in the Bible. And I'm going to help you understand why. The Apostle Paul begins this chapter with these most profound words. Mother, you are familiar with this because I've heard you quote Romans 8 and 1 so often. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. I need you to encourage somebody and say no condemnation. Can I put it in a vernacular that you can understand? Stop judging me. Amen. Because God says, I'm different than what I used to be. 
That's a message that I need to preach at some time. Don't judge me, amen. Then Paul drops down, and I'll go back and forth in this chapter. Verse number 18. Romans chapter 8, verse number 18. Listen to what Paul says. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In other words, what you are going through is no comparison to where you're going to. God says, I know you're going through something right now, but it is absolutely no comparison to what God is going to do in your life. Somebody ought to encourage somebody and say, greater is coming, greater is coming. Paul said, for I consider that the sufferings that I go through uh, are not even worthy to be compared to what God has revealed and will reveal in me. There is something God's going to do in your life that's going to be greater than anything you've ever gone through. That's a future praise for somebody over what God is going to do. In other words, God is going to turn your life into something that is going to be so remarkable that folk won't even think it's the same you. Who am I prophesying over? Who am I speaking over? Somebody say, Lord, I receive that word. Let me get through this chapter. Then what about verse 28? If Romans 8 is iconic, then the iconic verse in the iconic chapter perhaps is verse 28. We all have heard it at some point. Listen to what Paul says. He, he always starts something with, with profound words. Like the, the verse 18, he says, for I consider. And then he starts verse 28 with these words. And we know. <laughs> oh, good God. And we know. Look at something. Say, we know something that other folk don't know. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. What is it that we know? Here's what we know. Look at somebody and say, we know that things will work out. We know that it's going to work out. No matter what you're going through, he says all things work together for good. The good is for the good. The bad is for the good. The indifferent is from the good. Whatever you're going through, Paul says it's all going to work out for your good. Is there anybody who know that everything is going to be all right? You've got to declare it before you see it. You have to declare it before it happens. Help me say it will be all right. Encourage somebody to hold your head up, dry your tears up. Give God your praise in advance because we know that this too will pass. That all things. Somebody ought to praise God for everything in your life is working out for your good. It's going to be all right. 
will it not be all right? Mother Diamond, Roe is already healed. Anybody going through, it's already done. Mother Ellen Lumpkin in Washington, D.C. right now, I declare and decree that is already done. Somebody stretch your hand and praise God over a future expectation that you cannot see yet. Come on, you, you've got 30 seconds to get into the future. Anybody know what has not worked out yet is going to work out? I need you to praise God over a child still acting crazy. But God has already turned it around. Look at somebody say, and we know, and we know that everything is going to be all right. I just need a handful of praisers that know that if you know the Lord is keeping you, what are you worried about? If you know the Lord is blessing you, why don't you sing? Glory, hallelujah. Y'all are messing me up. Verse 31. I haven't even gotten to the text yet. What a powerful chapter, Ella Cornwell. Verse 31, Ooh, we find these most powerful words. Ooh, I love verse 31. I love verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? <laughs> if Y'all excuse me, I'm about to lose my mind. What then shall we say to all the haters and doubters and naysayers and demons? If 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 God is for us, who Now we get to the text. 
Y'all have to excuse me. If you got to leave, I understand that. Yeah, now we get to the text. Verses 35 to verse 39. Ooh, they conclude chapter 8. Ooh, it begins by saying, there is now therefore no condemnation. Look how Paul concludes chapter 8. Verse 35, he asks the rhetorical question, which simply means it really requires no answer. I already know the answer. He asked this question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? The New Living Translation says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Look at somebody and say, can nothing come between me and my God? Paul says, just in case I, I identify a few things, that are commonly used by the enemy to try to separate you from God. But I declare and decree that they will not work. And he asked the question, shall tribulation? Somebody shall know. Shall distress? Somebody shall no way. Shall persecution? Shall no. Shall famine? Somebody say no. Shall nakedness? No. Peril? No. Sword? No. Your car? No. Your house? No. Your BFF? No. Your job? No. Demons in your family? No. What you're going through? Somebody jump one time, says nothing shall separate. I love my wife. This year it would be 40 years. But if you come between, if I have to choose between you and God, bye. I love my mother. I'm a mama's boy. Proud of a mama's boy. Talk to my mama every day. All right, every day. But if I have to choose between Janie, Ruth, Jackson, and Jesus Christ. I love my family. I love Bible way. But I have decided that nobody, no one, no demon, no loved one, nothing I'm going through shall ever separate me from Jesus Christ. Come on and praise him. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. I've got seven more minutes. Here's the heart of the message. Verse 37. Whew. Paul, in his linguistic geniusness, put these words together. The great educator from Sumter Mary Helms, he says, yet 
in all these things. What are you talking about, Paul? Yet in all the things that I've identified as trouble, tribulation, distress, nakedness, sword, peril, in all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In other words, you're going to have trials, tribulation, peril, nakedness. You're going to have these things, but yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Tell somebody you are more than the stuff you're going through. You are greater than the demons that are against you. You're not just a conqueror. You're not a victim. You are more than conquerors. Anybody know when he says you're more than conquerors, it means that you have already overcome. You already have the victory. Victory is already yours. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Anybody know that nobody may, somebody may come in one way, but they got to flee seven different ways. God is on your side. I need those who know that you are more than a conqueror. That means whatever comes against you, they've already lost. Every Goliath already lost. Every demon already lost. Anybody know that nothing can come against you because you are more than a conqueror. You're not just trying to conquer. You have already conquered. Behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom and whatsoever you whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven whatsoever you look at somebody and say you've got the keys you've got the keys you are more than a conqueror claim it proclaim it rejoice over it don't drop their head and go to the locker room having lost the game. I saw the Super Bowl last week. Two teams competed, but one team stayed on the field when the confetti began to fall. The winners. The difference, Jeff, between the winners' locker room, somebody's going to catch this, is that the losers are somehow always quiet. I'm going to see whose side you on. <laughs> losers have interviews like this. I want to thank my team. We competed hard. We laid it all out on the field. Next year is a brand new year. We're coming back. Look at somebody say, that sounds like a loser. But winners go, oh, thank you. You got 30 seconds to act like a winner. Two people, say you have one. 
champions, heirs of a comeout. Where are my winners? Where are my conquerors? Where are my champions? Come on, Zion! Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're not just going through. You have come out of this. You are a winner, a champion. All of my champions meet me at the altar. Lead us, Sheena. Touch somebody and say, Congratulations! You won! Congratulations! some stuff. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to let you in on something. In 2020, some of you are about to inherit some stuff. If you are an heir, that means you get your father's stuff. Amen. What God has belonged to you. I give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Listen, there are three powerful takeaways that we will share on Tuesday. But the third one simply says, from God's perspective, we are not victims. Tell them we are not victims of our circumstances. We are more 
than conquerors. Heirs, verse 17, to the kingdom of God. Now here's the one I really like. I need you to just look at somebody and say, you have been designed for greatness. Every young person in the balcony. Fred, I want your boys to know that they've already made it. Boys, I, I plan to see you in the NFL one day, okay? Can I just speak it life into somebody's life? You, you have been designed. Woo. You've got to speak it like you believe that God is able to do it. Listen, Brother Donald Lawrence writes this song. We invite you to come to the altar. Oh, don't you know that you are called for greatness. You have been chosen to reign, to lead with holy boldness. I love this passage. He says, I have seen God speaks through the words of Donald Lawrence. He says, I've seen your failures. I know that you need answers. But those with great failures, I bless to be great winners. Ooh, put your hands right here and say, see yourself in the future. And look at somebody and say, you are royalty. Come on, praise team. Clap those hands. Uh, come on. More than conquerors, heirs, Ooh. yeah. Everybody lift your voice. Look at somebody and say, you are called. Are called. Chosen. To lead with holy boldness. Put your hand here and
know you need answers. But you know what? Those with are blessed to be. chapter he talks collectively as believers but then he does something that's somewhat different in verse number 38 he changes it from we to I am because sometimes you can testify for others but then there are some things you can only testify Amen. He makes the transition and says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life or angels or principalities nor powers or things present or things to come. After you've been through all you've been through, you know that you are more than a conqueror. Then you must personally be persuaded that nothing you ever go through will be able to separate you from the love of Christ. You're going to make it. When you're knocked down, you're going to get up. Amen. When you talked about, you're going to brush it off <laughs> because you're more than a conqueror. Close those eyes, lift those hands. Can you see yourself? as God sees you. God does not see you as a victim. God does not see you as someone whose family has fallen apart and you're wondering how am I going to make it. God says I see you as someone who has already overcome. God has already made a way out of nowhere. You are the head and not the tail. Blessed going in blessed coming out. More than a conqueror means no weapon formed against you. Somebody say no weapon. When you go to work tomorrow, you strut like a champion. 
Amen. You walk around like a champion. Why? Because I, he, here's what I noticed. The week after the Super Bowl, I don't see any 49ers jerseys. I came to church this morning and I saw Freeze with a Kansas City jersey. Why? Winners get to strut. Winners get to celebrate. Amen. You got to act like you're a winner. Wear it on your back. Wear it on your face. Don't you go to work tomorrow looking defeated. Dry up your tears. Let everybody else cry, but not you. Why? Because you're more than a conqueror. See yourself in the future. Look at somebody and say, see those hands it begins with your relationship with God I want to help you understand something that it is impossible to see yourself as more than a conqueror when you have not established a relationship with the conqueror <laughs> If God is not premier in your life, if other people are taking the place where God ought to be, then you won't ever overcome. But it begins with your relationship. And I don't know where you stand, but you have an opportunity to make a statement about where you want to be. And if you're ready for that commitment this morning, perhaps you want to join the church, we welcome you. Even more importantly, you want to make that commitment to say, I want to be an heir. Heirs have keys. My son can walk in my house with his key and open the door. Amen. And we think nothing of it. But if somebody else walked through my door without keys, without a relationship, I'm going to call the cops. Because we don't have that kind of relationship. Ooh, I'm going somewhere. God says, I want to give you the keys. Where when you have the keys, you don't have to ring the doorbell. Which means I don't have to get up hellin' and let him in all the time. When you have keys, you can pray for yourself. You can, you can call on the name of the Lord. You can call God's name and God will move because you have a relationship with God. Where do you stand? Here's the question. Look at somebody and say, do you have the keys? Ooh. When you give somebody keys, you trust them. God says, I trust you. If you're not there, we all have been there. God will help you get there. Close those eyes. Lift those hands. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. We thank you for reminding us of who we are from your perspective. We are more than conquerors. Great is he that is in us and those that are against us. If God be for us, who can be against us? 
And we know that all these things work together for good. And now, therefore, there is no condemnation. You are heirs, joint heirs to the kingdom of God. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, angels or principalities or any other created thing should be able to separate us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. It is already done. We see ourselves as more than conquerors. No longer are we going to act like victims. We are not losers. We are on the winning side. And 2020 is our winning season. We declare it in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen, amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. If you're here and you want to make that commitment, come on. God's calling you. You want to make that commitment right now. I'll wait right here. You don't have to be perfect. Just a desire for God to do something great in your life. God's calling you. Come on, God. Whatever you are going through, God's calling you right now. Walk down those aisles. See yourself. God's doing something. God's doing something in your life. Somebody who wants to be an heir. Clap those hands. word of God. We see ourselves as as overcomers. Pastor Jackson gave us point number three, but come back on Tuesday night. He'll give us one, two,